Welcome to the Breckenridge Podcast. I'm Matt Bisconi, a portfolio manager here at Breckenridge Capital Advisors, and today I'm joined by one of my colleagues, Eric Haas. Given that we're close to the end of 2018, thought this would be a good time to review some of the major market themes of the year and discuss what to expect for 2019. Today we're going to focus on the potential supply demand patterns, the relative value picture for tax-exempt munis, and the health of municipal credit quality. To lead it off, Eric's going to walk us through some of the changes to the supply side of the market this year. Thanks, Matt. So it was an unusual year for supply, and that's primarily due to the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act that was enacted in the end of 2017. So year over year, we've seen is that new issuers lower by around 17.5%, that's through November, which puts the full year 2018 issuance on pace for around, call it $335 billion. And that overall, relative to last year, is lower by 23%. Tax reform has caused you know, a much lighter year in issuance, primarily due to about $40 billion of issuance that was pulled from 2018 into 2017. And that's a result of the elimination of advanced refunding in the market through, through the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. Another trend that we've actually seen in the new year is that the percentage of new money issuance has increased. And that's natural due to the, the lower amount of refundings we've seen. So what we've seen is, is a percentage of total issuances, uh, 47% has come through new money uh, last year, and this year that's up to 70%. So we had substantially lower levels of new issue supply in 2018, so that obviously begs the question for what we're going to see next year. Um, there's a little bit of a range of estimates coming out from the street uh, and some of the sell-side analysts, um, and they're in probably the $360 billion uh, to $400 billion range. Much like this year, we'd expect to see new money issuance remain a larger component of the total issuance, um, again, due to the lack of the ability to bring advanced refundings. Um, the wild card, obviously, with the, with the amount of new issue supply that we see is what happens with interest rates. Um, obviously, lower rates make it more uh, beneficial for issuers to either borrow or do refundings. And in this case, we'd be looking at a level of current refundings that could be brought to market. Um, so remember that there, are, there is a large backlog of unfunded infrastructure projects that need to be done. Depending on the estimates you look at, it's anywhere from two to three trillion. So certainly there is the need there for it to borrow. The question is, are municipalities willing to borrow? Uh, and will that issuance surprise to the upside? Likely going to be higher than this year. The drop-off won't be as substantial due to the, some of the changes we saw in the tax law. But it's likely the composition is the same with more new money issuance and less refunding issuance. So along with supply, the tax reform has also impacted the demand side as well. And that looks like it'll continue into 2019. That's right. If you look at the demand side, it was really bifurcated so far this year. For much of the year, we had mutual fund inflows that were positive, and in fact, we reached about $12 billion of inflows by late September, uh, and that was driven primarily by retail interest in munis uh, given the tax law changes. But away from mutual funds, banks and insurance companies were active sellers for municipals, uh, and they continue to show a reduced appetite given that taxable alternatives are more compelling now for them uh, given the lower all tax rates. And that story remains the same in 2019. So that cap on the state and local tax deduction of $10,000 for the retail investors makes tax-exempt municipals much more attractive. And one thing that we're keeping an eye on is that we could see an actual increase in demand in that 10-year and in space where the traditional retail buyer purchases bonds. And that's due to the higher-than-expected tax bills that may come uh, in April when people go to pay their taxes. On the other side of the ledger, looking at banks and insurance companies, they'll continue to right-size their allocation to tax-exempt municipals in their port investment portfolios. So we could see some more selling. It'll be at a slower pace, but we could see more selling come from the bank space. 
additionally, their appetite, being that they're not buying as much, will remain lower further out in the curve. So the changes to the supply and demand dynamics had a big impact also on the shape of the curve and the relative value of munis. What did the relative value picture look like for munis, Eric? So we look at the ratio of municipal and treasury yields for the same maturity, and what that does is that gives us a gauge of relative value. So the lower that value is, the lower the ratio is, the less attractive it is to own municipals versus the same maturity U.S. Treasury. Based on our supply and demand expectations, we could see ratios in the shorter part of the curve tightening a little bit. So we're a little rich there to begin with, meaning that the ratios are fairly low, but retail demand, additional retail demand could keep ratios firm or even a little lower. The longer end goes back to the whole story of the bank and insurance companies reducing their allocations to bonds, to muni bonds. What we could see is less buying or continued less buying in the longer end of the curve, as well as additional issuance. So a lot of new deals or new money deals that come have you know, a higher proportion of the deal come in longer maturities. Um, so that could actually, the combination of those two factors, push ratios you know, slightly higher in the longer end of the curve. And as far as the shape of the curve, we saw some different performance this year when you look at the Treasury curve and the municipal curve. On the Treasury side, um, the slope of that curve has gotten very flat, um, mainly due to the Fed raising interest rates several times this year. So we've seen rates rise uh, in short bonds, say two, three, and five-year bonds, but we have not seen a much of rise in that 10 and 30-year space. So that curve is very flat from two to 10 years and also slightly inverted in the very short end where you've got a situation where uh, very short bonds, two and three year treasuries are actually out yielding five year treasuries right now. If you look at the muni curve, however, that actually steepened in in 2018 given what Eric was just laying out with the different demand patterns. Strong interest from retail on the front, less interest from banks on the long end, uh, and so we've seen a steeper curve. We do expect to see some flattening uh, from the muni curve in 2019, particularly if the Fed continues to raise rates in the short end, uh, that may continue to influence the muni curve. So for our last topic, we wanted to touch on the near and long-term picture for municipal credit quality. So Matt's gonna cover the near-term picture. So the stronger performance of lower quality muni bonds this this year has been a major theme. Uh, And if you look at the near-term picture, or the near-term credit picture for most municipalities, that does seem justified uh, as their revenue and liquidity outlook during the year uh, was very good. Uh, Again, if you look at state credit, um, the performance of state credit is largely driven by income and sales tax receipts. So strong growth on the employment side and continued strong GDP growth drives both of those metrics. And if you're looking at the local level, that's really driven by property tax increases. So uh, as the residential retail market continued to be strong throughout most of the year, those property tax receipts higher. So again, their near-term liquidity and revenue outlook is very good. So you'd say some of that performance is justified, so hence the tightening of spreads. Uh, But as we look at it, um, it's really unlikely that you're going to see credit continue to improve from here. Uh, We're very late in an economic expansion. We've had a good run of growth. uh, And now you're starting to see more people talk about a potential recession, probably not in 2019, but maybe in some point in 2020. So in our minds, uh, the overall credit health of municipalities is likely as good as it gets right now. And when you look at the longer term picture for, you know, state finance, really what we're looking at is, is the state pension funding and the level of funding. That's what drives a lot of our long-term outlooks. And it's really the largest credit concern in the market, to be honest with you. What we've seen over the last couple of years is that we've had strong economic growth uh, overall and strong stock market returns. The problem with that is is that we've still seen the underfunded status worsen for some of the weaker states that we look at or the weaker credits. And those include states like Illinois, Connecticut, Kentucky, and New Jersey. 
This has been masked slightly due to the, the search for yield. So investors will overlook things like this in order to pick up yield. May not be willing to take on additional interest rate risk by moving further up the curve or liquidity risk, um, but they will take, they have been willing to take a little bit additional credit risk in the portfolios. So we've seen spreads either you know, tighten in on those names or remain fairly uh, reasonable. 2019 could be a year where the long-term outlook and, and looking into the pension funding really comes back into focus. Um, and that could be a, you know, expedited if, if we have an equity market sell-off and funding statuses look worse. That's right. Well, we hope you in the field found this helpful. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you again soon.